welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. I'm quite excited about this because my heart was stirred when my wife, uh, just a couple of weeks, or last Sunday morning, uh, made a comment that she, she believed the Word of God this year for the church was increased. And that was already in, in many ways in my heart because we are increasing, increasing in the numbers of people, increasing in the moving of the Spirit, increasing. Last week we had, uh, I think, 26 people at Childers. Uh, so there's, God is in the business of increase. And I, I looked at that and my heart was stirred. And so I want to look at a bit of a journey, mainly through the Old Testament, but then jumping into the New Testament. So that we know, know the heart of God is increase. And so um, the year has begun, as Michelle said. Uh, and this year, I can promise you there will be challenges and opportunities, ways to express our faith in so many different areas. And my prayer and desire for you is this season in God is that you would learn how to and walk in glorifying God increasingly in the manifestation of your life and his power in you. The changes that come will undoubtedly come and be painful for many people. I cannot promise you living for Jesus will be painless. I can promise you it will be painful at times. There is no doubt about that. Let's not pretend that come to Jesus, everything goes rosy. Um, No, roses are on bushes with thorns. And life has plenty of thorns in it. But God has a plan for good for our lives. And if we will walk in Him and His plan, He will work all things together for good to those that love Him, to those that are called according to His purpose. So we need to live in that. We need to understand that we are the family of God. This church is part of that family. And we need to recognize, value and protect and play our part in seeing God's increase in this place and in the kingdom of God in this region. And right from the start, that's the heart of God. So I want to jump right from the beginning in Genesis 1. In Genesis 1, God creates the the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. And in verse 22, it says this, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase. Be fruitful and increase. Fill the seas, the water, and let the birds increase on the earth. Now, now, if you read that, that's NIV. If you read that in King James, it says, be fruitful and multiply. Now, if we just have a quick look at the graph, uh, the next slide, please. Uh, this is a graph. The, the, the reddish section is, is addition, and the, the blue section is multiplication. God's plan, and this is the word, is multiply. So when we see increase here, the word actually means multiply. God's plan is not just, just a little growth. God's plan is fill the earth. Now, from two people and some animals to fill the earth, not going to happen with increase. It needs multiplication. So God said that. Now, God makes man. Next slide. God makes that man in Genesis 1.28. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea, birds in the sky, and every living creature that moves on the ground. Now, He's speaking predominantly to Adam and Eve. And the command is to rule everything else, not rule people. It was never God's plan that people should dominate and rule over one another. God's plan is that mankind should at least live in harmony with one another. But because of sin, that that, that dominance aspect becomes a, a negative trait in man's life. 
And we who have been born again need to understand that trait needs to be dealt with. We are not to dominate people. We're here to to have dominion over the world, not one another. And so we read that. We want to see multiplication. We want to see fruitfulness. We want to see increase. And so for Adam comes increase. We see a great increase and men are spreading out. And then the wickedness of men increases as well, sadly, because of sin. And so God has to talk and work through Noah. And Noah escapes through a flood. And look, there's plenty of contextual argument about floods. But you find seashells at Mount Everest type stuff. So um, the water was all over the earth. And uh, there's evidence of that everywhere. All our coal and oil deposits all around the world uh, are buried vegetation. So you find them everywhere. So the flood had to happen to get that in place. So God talks to Noah when he gets off the boat, off the ark. And God blessed Noah and said to his sons, Genesis 9.1, be fruitful and increase. In verse 7, as for you, be fruitful and increase. God is in increase. So Adam's increasing. Noah's increasing. Abraham turns up on the scene. He's 99. That's, he's 99 and God appears and said, I'm God. Walk before me faithfully, be blameless, and I'll make a covenant between me and you, and you will greatly increase. It's the heart of God. God, every time God turns up, there seems to be this increase. You want God in your life? Increase. You want God in your family? Increase. Let God in. Let increase come. So we find Adam, Noah, Abraham, increase. There's a great story. And I want to look at this account, this record of the life of, of uh, Jacob, Abraham's grandson. He's working for his uncle Laban. And it's, many of you know the account. And in Genesis 30, 29, it's Jacob says to Laban, You know how I've worked for you, how your livestock has fed under my care. The little you had before I came has increased greatly. And the Lord has blessed you wherever I have been. There's so much in this passage, church, but let me just touch a couple of high points. Laban had nothing or very little, just had enough. Jacob is in the blessing of God. He's a servant of God. He has a heart for God. And he starts working for Laban. And Laban's assets are increasing under the hand of Jacob. It sort of looks a bit like his son, Joseph, who works for Potiphar and everything he does increases. Funny how increase comes with the people of God and should come with the people of God. And so he's working for him. And Laban gets blessed wherever, whatever part he gets Jacob to look after increases. Now think about this. Laban is deceitful. Laban treats Jacob with evil intent. And yet God still blesses Laban through Jacob. That's challenging. You might have a boss. You might be in a situation where someone in authority over you is doing the wrong thing. As a believer, our life should still bring blessing wherever we go. As believers, our life should bring increase. 
It doesn't matter whether our boss is good or evil. Our lives should shine. Our lives should bring increase wherever we go because that's the heart of God. The people of God ought to be like their, their Lord and he's a, he's a God of increase. Then we ought to increase. And Jacob wants something for his household. See, can we trust God even when it seems we're being mistreated? Now, I'm not saying we should allow ourselves to be walked over, but consider this. Is your trust in man to supply your need or is your trust in God? Good questions. Maybe patience and long-suffering is part of your journey at this time to build the character of your life. Maybe. Let's find Jacob at the end of this 20 years. In Genesis 31, 38. I've been with you for 20 years now. Jacob talking to Laban. Your sheep and goats have not miscarried. Nor have I eaten rams from your flocks. I did not bring you animals torn by wild beasts. I bore the loss myself. You demanded payment from me. For whatever was stolen, whether day or night, this was my situation. The heat consumed me in the daytime, the cold at night, sleep fled from my eyes. And I was like this for 20 years that I was in your household. I worked for you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks. And you changed my wages 10 times. I wonder if we're that patient with a bad boss. I'm certain there are Christians who are not that patient with a pastor when he makes a mistake. Or maybe he does something you don't think is right, but God does. Consider this. Jacob's mistreated, but he's patient. He's suffering long, but he still works hard. And guess what? Through all the hardship and all the suffering and all the patience, he is still getting increase in his life. He has a wife and another wife and herds. Maybe that boss, God has put you there for two reasons. One, to develop character in your life. And two, to bring blessing to you. In the midst of the hard times, in the midst of the challenges, maybe God has got two plans at the same time to build character, which is better than anything else you can get, and bring increase into your life. See, if we only see the hardship and the loss and we focus on that, we lose sight of the provision of God in the midst of the battles, in the midst of the valleys and the dry times and the hard times. So look at how Joseph, Jacob handled the story, the journey. He says this, If the God of my father, God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac, had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. See, Laban's intent was to send him off with nothing. Laban's intent was to get everything he could out of him and leave him with nothing. Laban was taking it for himself. He wanted it all for himself. But God, 
This is where he's trusting God, church. This is where he's trusting God in the midst of his hardship, in the midst of his years of work, in the midst of the fields at night and the cold and the wet and the rain and the sun, in the midst of the mistreatment and the 10 times changing the wages. God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands and last night he rebuked you. So Laban's had a bad dream that stirred him so powerfully. And listen to Laban's answer. The women are my daughters. The children are my children. The flocks are my flocks. All you see is mine. But what can I do about these daughters of mine, about these children they have born? See, Jacob identified firstly that it was God, that God was with him. And that's how he handled the journey. He trusted God, that knowing that God would work it for good in the end. But Laban still thinks, because of his evil heart, he still thinks it's all his. He still thinks, when I gave my daughters away, please don't, don't get all upset about women's liberty. I walked them down the aisle said, yeah, you can marry her. You know, she chose him and I said, yeah, okay, it's okay. Uh, and, and they got married and Ben and Julie. Uh, and when, I ga- when, I, when they let them get married, guess what? They're not mine anymore. They're not mine. They, they still come and borrow stuff and take stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but I have no authority in their life. It's you two. You've got to figure it out. If you want help, ask. But I'm not going to butt in. Better ask people. It doesn't have to be me. But get wisdom. Laban forgets. what he, he actually sold his daughters. When I buy something and I walk home, I don't want the person who sold it to me saying, that's mine. Laban, he's so wicked, he doesn't see the actual simplicity of the fact that this guy worked for 20 years for everything. It's not yours, Laban. But God put him in such a situation, he couldn't do anything about it. Most employers aren't like this, but some employers out there are still doing the wrong thing by people. They do want to use and abuse their workers instead of giving them their fair wages. Most of them are very good, but some are not. And there's wisdom here for employer and employee. For the employer, treat your, treat your work as well. Don't change the rules. Pay them accordingly. For the employee, trust God regardless. See, it's always two sides with God. You know, when I, when I work with married couples who are struggling, I, I'm trying to teach him his responsibility and her hers. Not him, hers, and hers, him. Each of us has our responsibility. If we're so busy watching what someone else should do, we miss our part in the journey. So if you want increase, do your part. If you want increase, do your part. Whether the other person does or doesn't, Bible says forgive. Whether they repent or not is not the issue. The issue is you have to forgive so you're free. So Jacob finally leaves with the blessing of God and a, and a peace treaty essentially between him and Laban where they won't go past a certain point for evil toward each other. Jacob heads back to his own country. And remember, 20 years ago, he conned his big brother and, stole, and, and deceived his father. He's a little bit worried that Esau hasn't forgotten. He's actually going back Going, I hope he's, I actually think he still wants to kill me. If you read it, he still thinks his brother's out to kill him. 
And so when he hears that his brother's coming to meet him on the journey back with a whole bunch of people, mostly men, he gets the opinion and the impression that he's angry. And so he sends a whole lot of stuff up ahead of him to try and appease his brother. He sends appeasement gifts to get his brother's goodwill. But when they finally meet, listen to this, Genesis 33, 5. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and the children. And who are these? He asked Jacob. And Jacob answered, they are the children God. Listen, they are the children God. Not Laban, not his own works, not stuff he purchased. They are children, the children, the wives and children God gave your servant. See, Jacob went out with nothing. And now he comes back with wives and children. That's the first thing I want to talk about. He comes back with a generational blessing. He doesn't come back blessed himself. He comes back with generational blessing. He has children. That's generations to come. He comes back with with a family. He comes back with the next generation already there. Blessing for the future is already in his life. Increase has already been provided both now and later. Increase with wives, with flocks and herds, but children. So he has increased for generations. And listen to Esau when, when Jacob tries to give him these gifts. Esau says this, Genesis 33, 9, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have. And Jacob says, look, no, please. If I found favor in your eyes, accept the gifts. Just to see your face is like seeing the face of God. I wonder if sometimes we meet an estranged family member, we feel like that, or we feel like, you know, please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted. Now, if you don't read this properly, you miss something. Jacob is blessed. Jacob got the double portion blessing from his father. Jacob got this wonderful thing. But Esau's comment at the start, I already have plenty. I already, Esau is blessed. Esau's had increase. Even though he missed out on the double blessing, a single blessing brought enough increase into his life. He still had increase. Yeah, I've, I've got these servants that come with me that you thought was an army. You know, I've got, I've got the wives, the kids, and, and I've got enough already. Even though Esau despised his birthright and lost the double blessing, God's blessing was still more than enough to cause his life to have increase in it. Sometimes we think, well, that person up there, they're in the prominent position. Hey, think, Esau rejected God, rejected his birthright. He's the guy sitting in the back corner upstairs in the dark spot. You know, please, I'm not, not talking to either of you or anyone up there. But he's the person who hides in the back row. You know, he's the person that doesn't feel worthy. And yet the blessing of God is more than enough to bring increase to his life too. The goodness of God is more than enough to bring blessing to his life. There would have been hard work along the way. So Jacob then moves off down the road a little bit and he finally finds a place to settle. And then has a God encounter. 
In Genesis 35, God said to him, your name is Jacob. You will no longer be called Jacob. Your name will be Israel. So he named him Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase. He's already increased. He went out with nothing. He'd come back with wives and kids and herds and flocks. And God says, increase, 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 increase. That's the heart of God, church. God's heart is increase. And, and more than that, you know, he, he's got a new name. He's got a renewed destiny to be fruitful and increase. But he saw something bigger about his name change. He recognized that all the blessing from God was not just for him. The increase was not just for him. It's not just about him. And when he's talking to his son Joseph in Genesis 48, listen to what he says. And Jacob said to Joseph, verse 3 and 4, God Almighty appeared to me. He's telling him the story. At last, in the land of Canaan, there he blessed me. And he said to me, I am going to make you fruitful and increase your numbers. We understand that. Listen to what he says next. I will make you a community of peoples. He didn't say, I'll make you a people. I didn't say, he didn't say, I'd make you a great nation. He said, I will make you a community of peoples. His this name change is not just for him. It's a generational name change. And now we have a nation called Israel. This is the generational blessing that flows and continues to flow through this one man because God's plan is to bring increase. And he saw that the whole thing is communities, just like the, the church, the Christians, are a community of peoples. There are many churches in this city and there are many nations with many churches of different peoples. And we are all one family of God. We are the children of God because we believe in Jesus Christ. Now, please, not every church is Christian, but I'm just saying the family of God is, is a community of peoples. So there is a condition on this. In Deuteronomy 6, it says this to Israel. Hear, Israel, be careful to obey so that it may go well with you in the land and that you increase greatly. Who would like increase in their life? Come on, who'd like increase? Now, if you're 80 and you want kids, please just not go there. Um, but I, I want increase. I, I want increase in my life. I want increase in my wife's life. I want increase in my family's life. I want increase in the church. I want to see the kingdom of God expanded. I want to see his covenant established. That's not going to happen without increase. And that's the heart of God. But there's a danger with increase. In Psalm 62, it says this, Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. Throughout Scripture, don't trust in riches is a constant and consistent theme. There's a problem that people can learn to trust in riches. I have enough. I don't need God. And we find in Proverbs one solution to this. Proverbs 38, 30 verses 8 and 9. This is prayer. Give me enough food to live on, neither too much nor too little. For if I'm too full, I might get independent, saying, God, who needs him? And if I'm poor, I might steal and dishonor the name of my God. Now, can I tell you right now, that's, that's a nice, nice emotional thought. But I'm not going to pray that prayer. 
There are a couple of reasons. Firstly, that prayer has nothing to do with the heart of God because God's heart is increase. It's a nice prayer. It looks good on the surface. But ultimately, you know what? It's a selfish prayer. It says, all I want is enough so I don't hurt God because I want to keep trusting him, but I don't want to be a stealer. That is such a selfish, self-centered, arrogant, nasty, stingy kind of prayer. It reads nice, but you know, oh, Pastor, that's not very nice to say about Scripture. Look, the Bible is an unfolding revelation of God. That one needs to be left closed. We've folded past that. God's nature is generosity. God's nature is increase. God gave Jesus heaven's very best so that there might be an increase of all who would receive him and come to heaven. God's whole heart is increase. How can I show the world the nature of God if all I have is enough for myself? I want increase. I know there's a danger, but that's why we need to have our character developed so that when increase comes, we keep trusting God. All I want to keep for myself is enough so I don't steal and enough for my needs. I don't want to keep everything. I want to increase so I can show the world the goodness of God. In 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says this, And God is able to make just enough grace abound to you that you'll have just enough to get by on and a tiny little bit to do good work. It's not what it says. He's able to make all grace abound to you. You know what grace is? Grace is the power to do the will of God. Mercy is the nice stuff for the sinner, right? Grace is the power that we need. All grace that you always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. That sounds more like the heartbeat of God to me. That sounds more like showing the world the goodness of God. God puts increase in your life so you can touch the world with His goodness. You can show the world His kindness. Please pray for increase. This is a year of increase. Start believing that increase would flow in and flow through you to a hurting world. Let me give you another verse, 2 Corinthians 9. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Supply, increase, enlarge, enrich, so that you can be generous. So that. I want supply. I want enlargement. I want enrichment. I want increase so that I can be more and more generous. God wants to provide all our needs according to his riches and glory, but he wants to give us much, much more than we want. But we need to have a bigger want to help more people so we can see the supply of God. And I love it. Not only he give you everything you need, he gives you more seed. You know what seed does? You sow it into someone else. You sow a seed into someone else's life. 
And then they become a person that receives all their needs according to the riches of God in Christ Jesus. And then their tree, their seed starts bearing fruit. And it's more fruit than they can handle. And then they can start being generous. And you sow another seed in someone else. And you sow another seed in someone else. And you encourage someone else with a seed and the Word of God. And you sow another seed in someone else. And all of a sudden, there's a forest. I don't know if Michael's here, but I drove up past Michael's uh, mango place on Early Heads Road the other day, and there were mangoes all over the ground. He had more than he could use and give away. That's the kind of increase we should have spiritually. So that there's more. And we ought to pray for that church, because if we're not, Romans 2.4 tells me what we're doing. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness. See, if you're not praying for increase and believing for more than enough for yourself so you can do good works, that's despising. If all you want is what you need, that's selfish. His goodness, his forbearance, his his long-suffering, not knowing the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Here it is. We need an abundance of God so we can show his goodness everywhere we go so people can come to repentance. If we only have enough, we can't show the world the goodness of God. God is rich in goodness. It's doing good and how we do it with the right heart. Keep on doing it. Forbear the rejection. It doesn't say it'll happen easily. Forbear. Be willing to suffer long for doing good. Even if people reject you, keep doing good. We need an abundance for every good work. God wants us to bring all kinds, He wants to bring all kinds of increase to our life, to His church. And through you, show the world his goodness. And it's more ways than just tangible stuff, like musicians and singers to come. In 1 Thessalonians 3.12, may the Lord make your love increase. Listen, may the Lord make your love increase. And I, love, I actually love the way it says this word, love increase, because the next word says, and overflow. The love of God so fills our lives, the increase of God's love so fills our lives that it just flows out of us. And wherever we walk, people feel the love of God. Wherever we, they may like it or not like it, but wherever we go, there's increase and there's overflow. As we draw to a close, please don't wait till you think you have enough. Don't wait till you think you have enough. Start giving now. Start giving of your life. Start giving of your time. Start sowing into the lost. Don't wait till you think you have enough. Start where you are. Start practicing goodness by things like generosity, by loving people who don't deserve it, by forgiving people who hurt you. Start showing them that you've received the love of God. See, one of the challenges we have in the Christian world, especially the West, we look at our faith sometimes like a uni student. I know that's got a lot of connotations, but you go to uni to study so that when you finish uni, you can start to practice. Well, that's not how we look at our faith. See, faith is more like a, an apprenticeship where you, you're practicing and doing while you're learning. As Josh said, none of, it get, none of us get 100% right, even those who are fully practiced. So let's start doing it now. We're apprentices. We're disciples. A disciple learns to be like his master. How do you learn? By doing. We're apprentices or disciples in this job. 
in this thing called the kingdom. As Christians, we're apprentices and disciples. An increase will come when we realize that part of our life is we are doing what we're learning. And if we all just start serving God the best we can and realizing we do have more than enough already. See, if you already believe in Jesus, you already have enough and more. You've got eternal life. You've been forgiven of all your sins. You're debt-free as far as that situation is. Surely you can tell people how they can get debt-free spiritually. And some people might go, yeah, but I'm, well, let me just give you a few people in the Bible just to show you how God uses people if they will be willing to let him flow through them. Jacob, well, he was a cheater, deceiver. Peter had a temper and a mouth. David had an affair and hired a contract killer. Noah got plastered, drunk. Jonah disobeyed and ran the opposite way from God. Paul was a murderer, a self-righteous religious person. Gideon was insecure. Miriam, well, she was a gossip backstabber and a traitor to her own brother. Martha, warrior and judgmental. Disciples, all doubters. None of them believed Jesus was risen when the women told them. Thomas, probably one step worse. Sarah, impatient. Elijah, well, he was moody. Abraham, well, he was old. Zacchaeus, short, thief. Moses, stuttered, was a murderer. Lazarus, well, he was dead. <laughs> What's your butt? What's stopping you being generous to a world that needs the love of God? What's stopping me? What's stopping us from being kind to somebody? What's stopping us demonstrating to the world the goodness of God and believing God will increase? And as we sow seed into the field, as we sow the goodness of God into people's lives, as we sow blessing into the lost, what's, why don't we start believing that as we sow, God is going to bring a harvest to our lives. Increase will come. Increase will come. And the more you flow, the more it will flow out. And I'll tell you what I've seen. And as I, just now as I've been preaching, I saw this. I saw the picture of a dike that was leaking. We just punched a hole with their generosity. And then God allowed you to have more blessing and the hole got slightly bigger. And then more blessing and the hole got slightly bigger. And it increased in size and increased in size. And the flow out of that, out of that came bigger and bigger. And I see that if we will start just with the little, then God's going to cause an increase to flow out of your life to the hurting, to the lost and the broken. I believe in increased church. I do not believe in just enough. I do not believe in enough for me and that's all. I want enough for myself and every good work. Let love overflow. Let love overflow. Let this church be a place that just spills out love and the highways, and the byways, and the paths. When people walk past the front of this place going to Alton next door, they sense the love of God. They park in the car park next door. There's something about the love of God This flows. They may not be aware of it, but it just feels like, Lord, let this be a place where the love of God so powerfully impacts this whole region and eventually flows into the city centre. And God does something supernaturally miraculous in this community. And in this region, there is glory.